Welcome to another episode of Hunting Hunts, a Ghostbusters podcast. As always, I'm your host, Adam, and with me, my co-host, Donnie, the Emerald Enthusiast. Donnie? What's up, Ghostbuster fans? It's the man whose ring runs on fanboy energy, the podcasting machine, the big nerd and greed. It's the Emerald Enthusiast, here with the podcast that is like ice cream on the last day of school. It gets no sweeter. (laughs) You know, I was just thinking, since your room is kind of engulfed in green, Right, mm-hmm. I for the purpose of this podcast, you'd technically be Slimer. Ah, hey, I'm I'm good with that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, oh well, Ray is more. You, you know, I'm I'm Venkman for obvious reasons. If anybody knows about the list, <laughs> you'll know, you'll know, and you'd be you'd be more uh, Ray. Uh, uh, I don't want to give if I if I call Stephen Egon, is that giving him too much credit? I don't know. Uh, that might be a little beyond his abilities. No, yeah, just, okay. he's, no. he is great. We're talking about our editor here who puts together yeah. all these wonderful podcasts. Yeah, and co-host on a bunch of other podcasts. So, yes, yeah, indeed. Yeah. But we like, we like teasing him. Just so, you know, it's all part of the fun. Um, but uh, we're back with another uh, Ghostbusters podcast slash vidcast. And um, as we kind of outlined way back in our first episode, we uh, had promised to, of course, deal with the movies as they as they came out, and we've we've gone through all three so far, and we're eagerly awaiting uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, which I believe has a November eleventh, two thousand twenty-one uh, release date, if if my memory is correct, November eleventh or twelfth, whichever the Friday happens to be. Um, and while we wait for that, uh, since we've we've gone through the movies. It's now time to transition to other Ghostbusters media, and we've talked about doing uh, the animated series, but <laughs> also the comic books, which is where we're going to start uh, today, uh, and we're going to kick it off at the at the very beginning, or, or relatively close to the beginning. I, th- I think there were a couple one-shots before this, but this was the launch of a brand new series. It's called... Uh, Ghostbusters Ongoing Volume 1, and it comprises uh, the first four issues from the 2012, I believe, uh, run of the book. Uh, so that's what we're going to be discussing today. So, uh, Donnie, as you always uh, valiantly do, why don't you give us a brief um, uh, summary of the creatives involved and a little uh, summary on what's going on in this, in this graphic novel. Okay, let's start off with the creative team. I will do my best to pronounce these names. Written by Eric Burnham. Art by Dan Schoening. Colors by Luis Antonio Delgado. Pages, uh, coloring pages, I guess, by Tristan Jones. Letters by Neil Utaki. And edits by Tom Waltz. Fantastic. Uh, and this story seems to pick up not long after the events of the first movie. In fact, you will see a lot of themes here that will feel very familiar to you. Indeed. Uh, and I would argue that it also takes place sometime after the second movie because they reference later on in the book mm-hmm. uh, events from the second movie as well. So uh, I, I would venture to say that it, that. The, the second movie is in play as well. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but I, I, I really do uh, like, as we see throughout the book, the, the sort of um, casual references to the past movies without, like they do it very cleverly where, where they give you the inference of the past movies, but they don't specifically, you know, outline mm-hmm. where and when, what event specifically, you know, they give sly nods. And I, I think that's the smart way to do it all, you know, um, you know, set yourself in the world, but don't leave yourself uh, wholly beholden uh, to that, you know, so that you're pigeonholing yourself. You can, you can. Right. Not too chained up in the narrative where you make a lot of mistakes and 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 cut yourself out of certain opportunities in in the future. Yes, right. But I did like how those were referenced mm-hmm. casually throughout. Yes. So this was from a story originally entitled "Man from the Mirror." So it actually opens up with, with a dream where Ray is having a dream about a talk show, and uh, which is hosted by Janine and. He is confronted by Gozer, and this time when he's asked, are you a god, he says yes. And he's blasted back to the original skyscraper battle, and he's warned in this dream by one of the Blues Brothers that the third is coming. I I thought that was great, uh, because of course, he has a history with uh, uh, Belushi, the brother, uh, the... I don't want to get John, the wrong Belushi. John, John Belushi, yes. Right. He, right. He, wasn't it him and Belushi in the Blues Brothers, the two of them? Uh, yes, that was, yeah, Dan Aykroyd, yes. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I, I like that little uh, reference to John and, and, you know, also Dan Aykroyd's past as as part of that, that film. So uh, that was cle- very clever. When I saw that, I'm like, oh, that's neat. <laughs> that's a nice homage to yeah. both, both uh, you know, um, John Belushi and also uh, Ackroyd's, mm-hmm. who is one of the co-creators of Ghostbusters, uh, passed. So I like that. I, I thought that was very well done. Well, well a nice nod. Yeah, add some nice color to the, color to this universe. Yes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So we actually see that Egon pr- predicts that this is actually a precognitive event. That it's not just a dream. That Ray is seeing something that will is yet to come. Now, Winston and Peter go to investigate some phenomena in an apartment building, and that turns out to be a very familiar face, and that is Slimer. So, what did you think of that scene? Well, first of all, I love the fact that I love seeing, basically, Winston takes on this job pro bono at the request of, of a younger kid. Yes. Who, whose mom often brings, sends the Ghostbusters, uh, what was it, uh, Baklava, I think. Baklava, it was. yes, was yes. And so, you know, Winston he hears about what's going on and he takes the case pro bono. The pro bono aspect um, angers uh, Peter. Peter, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also, the amount of stares also frustrates Peter, <laughs> which I could identify with. I'd be like, yeah, that would bother me too. Like, if I have to carry, imagine carrying that pack and. Uh, and, you know, having to go up several flights of stairs, that would, that would bother me, too. Yeah. Likewise, now that I'm older, I get that. Yes. <laughs> Joints aren't as limber as they used to be. But In, ter- in terms of the familiar reveal of Slimer, 
I mean, is that what you wanted me specifically to comment on? Yes. I, I love the splash pages. Um, yes. You know, with him in full full force. I love how how much slime was covering uh, the the inside of the apartments and also the outside. Mm-hmm. It was also it was like the building was bleeding slime. I think they refer to it as. Yeah, they refer to it as bleeding slime. Yes. And I, I really like the visual of that. Uh, the art the art in these scenes with Slimer was top notch. I mean, the yeah. art all over the place was top notch. But that splash page of Slimer really yeah. it catapults you into this world. Yes. And I really I like the details on, on Slimer's teeth, and and just you know some of the imagery. You actually seem to be seeing the perspective of Slimer in some of these panels, like he's seeing the Ghostbusters. You see as the reader through Slimer's eyes. I thought that was inventive. Absolutely. So, yeah. I, 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 like I said, for a creature that's supposed to be ugly, uh, man, does it does he look great in uh, in, the, in in the hands of this artist? Uh, so what we see next is that Slimer is hit with the streams, but he's able to hulk out and get out of the streams. And <laughs> Slimer smash. And so they use a trap to get him back to headquarters, but they are, of course, perplexed by how Slimer was able to do that. Yeah, no, it seems like Slimer's... Getting a little bit more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like an upgrade. It's like a video game. He's upgraded yeah. a level of it. I don't, I don't know what the paranormal version of protein powder is, but it, that's what I thought originally. I was like, well, he's been yeah, eating yeah, a good, paranormal protein powder. Um, that's a good reference. I like it. Yeah. So they get back to headquarters. And Egon, when pressed to describe what he believes is happening, he says this, which was one of my favorite quotes from this. And this was a, a hilarious series, by the way. If you have a chance to read this, it definitely... Well, it's, yeah, it's great. <laughs> but Egon says, energy big, make ghosts on steroids. Me and Ray am have to adjust packs on Gala. Yeah, yeah because, uh, because Ray... No, sorry. Peter says, you know, cut the science jargon, give it to me straight. So he starts talking like a hybrid of the Hulk and Bizarro, which I thought was pretty funny. Uh, So, yeah, I I just, I really like how that scene played out. And yeah, so immediately you see that, I guess the stakes are kind of upped because Mm. the ghosts are a little bit too powerful initially for you know their their usual method of takedown. So next we see that Jim Silver, who is a rep for FZ Foods, which is a parent company of the Stay Puff company, <laughs> yeah, shows up at headquarters. And we also see we see an issue one. Now we're actually on to issue two here that he is possessed by a ghost from his mirror who has these kind of energy tentacles that come out and possess him. And, of course, that is a major part of the story. You know what I found funny as I was kind of reading in this scene and mm-hmm. sort of viewing the imagery? I had the, I had the song, you know Michael Jackson's song, Man in the Mirror? Man in the Mirror. Go, like, <laughs> going in my head for whatever. I'm like, you know what? If this was a movie, uh, a scene in a movie, I could see uh, as a joke that song being played as the scene was happening. <laughs> I definitely could. 
Likewise, I had that song playing in my head. It was just, you know, too easy to go there. So, right. yeah. So later on, actually in Ecto-1, we see that Egon has scanned Jim and he realizes that he's not human, that there's this entity within him. So they're kind of already on to what's going on here. I've got to say this. This is one of the most breezy, um, easiest, lightest reads I've ever had. And I mean that it's, it was really fun. It didn't bog you down with a lot of exposition, a lot yeah, of side they're giving, story. They're giving, you a lot of they're giving you a lot of detail and information, but they're doing it in a, in a greatly paced uh, mm -hmm. fashion. Uh, yeah. And also how you talk about uh, Egon scanning uh, um, the, Jim uh, Silver. Jim yeah. Silver. Uh, um, I think that scene at the firehouse where where you know he, he threatens to sue. Mm -hmm. I like that because there it's like it's real world consequences. Like imagine if a scenario like this happened, I could <laughs> see a company saying, "Wait a minute, that's our IP." The you know, just you know, <laughs> right, exactly it, it, it friggin' attack the city. There's going to be monetary consequences here. Right. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine, like, if you know some, like, if you know crypto or something, like, actually, like a giant crypto attacked New York City? Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, first of all, good luck to the guy that wants to sue Superman. <laughs> but, but I, you know, you know, I mean, technically, yeah, but he doesn't know Clark Kent is Superman, so. You, if you sue Clark Kent, either way, Bruce Wayne will probably pay it off. <laughs> right, exactly, is what yeah. I'm getting at, right? So, yeah. Oh, so the Ghostbusters go to investigate another haunting, and this time it's oh, the hauntings. Eh? Yes, yeah, lots of yeah. So, uh, again, spoiler, spoiler. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of hauntings in the Ghostbusters yeah. book. That's why we call this. The Hunting Haunts podcast available on YouTube and also uh, I iTunes. Lot, I gotta give you a lot of credits for that one. You came up with a good one there. So well, 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 there you go. <laughs> let, let it be. Let it, don't let it be said that I don't give credit where credit is due. I just did. Uh, there uh, you go. Well, thank you very much, sir. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I may I may not pay well, but I give lots of credit. <laughs> right. uh, okay, so they go to investigate this haunting. It's tied to the Wander Hills Orphanage, where they are confronted and trap a an enormous ghost by the name of Ellen Gold, who was drawn magnificently. She is this giant ghost of uh, the ex-head mistress at Wander Hills. Yeah. So next up, New York. Uh, and as they are doing that, we see the ghost. Oh, visually, let me, let me just say. Go ahead. Go ahead, sir. The ghost, specifically this one that you, you just spoke of, yeah. the head mistress. One of the things I always thought that the movie did well and the book is also translating is that, yes, we're dealing with a comedic kind of quartet, if you will. Mm -hmm. But the ghosts still have a, a, a fear factor to them. Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. And that's embodied in this art, and I like that. Well, I, had we seen her in live action, I think she would have been very terrifying. Oh, uh, absolutely. The way she was yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah, yeah. So... Yeah, now, again, while this is happening, New York is under attack from a giant bear that has been incarnated by the ghost of Jim, the, the ghost yeah. that is inhabiting Jim. And we're yeah, going right. to learn that ghost's name later. Yes. But, again, you have this giant bear statue that is now attacking New York. Mm. And the Ghostbusters arrive. They take down the bear. 
but Ray is snatched through one of the windows of Ecto-1 by the ghost that is inhabiting Jim. Also got to say here, too, you talk about the art. The bear gets more and more monstrous as they fight him, and I thought that those were really cool visuals. Yeah, it's almost kind of like, you know, Doomsday. The more you, you hurt him, the, the stronger he gets. Yeah, you? yeah, there you go, yeah. So we learned that in the original movie, Ray's defeat of Gozer resulted in the creation of another being, the Reselector. And I'm going to try to get this name right, Ildunus. Sounds about right to me. Yeah, Ildunus. Ildunus or Ildunus. Anyway, Ildunus. Either way works. This is the tentacle, the blue-faced tentacled ghost that we see. Yes. So the Ghostbusters, they are also still getting heat from a familiar face in Walter Peck, who complicates matters, who seems to show up and always is giving the Ghostbusters heat. But we see the other three Ghostbusters, now they are flying to raise aid in a helicopter. Mm. Which, I, I, by the way, I love the background on that, too. It was a big kind of panoramic shot, a lot of detail, you know, storm clouds and things like that yeah, to really yeah. put you in the moment. So It really, it really is like a, it puts you in that. It's like you're there with them. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, good art can really transport you into the comic book, I think. Yeah. Another thing I, I want to point out here, too, uh, in the version that I, that I borrowed from Adam here, there was art from children who were fans of the Ghostbusters featured in this, too. And, and again, not part of the story, but afterward. And I thought that was just really cool to see the mythology of the Ghostbusters being passed on to another generation. Right. Which I think is a great thing for the franchise and that's how franchises you know survive mm-hmm. the test of time i mean it's great that we have nostalgia for it and we love it as older fans but you know for, for any franchise to continue and endure you need to bring a new segment of fandom in right and that's a big reason why we do podcasts like this things about which we have passion we like to do things like this to give people more material, more content to enjoy things like that and hopefully pass it on to a new generation. Yeah, absolutely. So I really like the scene here. Kind of the big ultimate scene is Ray manages to kind of mentally overpower the plan of Ildunus. And instead of selecting some kind of horror that will actually bring about Ildunus's plan, he's able to once again select the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, which causes Ildunus to explode. Yeah, I, uh, you know, there are things that are iconic with this brand. One of them is the the Ecto-1, the car, right? Mm-hmm. The firehouse is another iconic, you know, image, piece of imagery or location, whatever you have, let me say, either way. And the Stay Puft Man, I mean, that's synonymous with Ghostbusters and Slimer, of course. Right. Uh, I mean, you see these things and... You know, even if you have never seen one of the movies or the animated series, you know what that is. Mm-hmm. You're just so like, so I, I, maybe there are people that are fatigued with the Stay Puft Man. I'm certainly not. No, definitely not. And and he was also drawn very well. Fantastic. The art yeah. by uh, uh, it's uh, Dan Schoening is the artist, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's phenomenal. 
And, and I really like the idea that in this particular story, the kind of deciding factor, it's not the, you know, the, the traps or the, you know, the packs, it's actually raise will, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The will I like the fact because, you know, overpowers. Yeah. Lots of great heroes have will. Indeed. Including the ones behind you. <laughs> uh, and if you'd like to know more about that, you can join us on the Emerald Echo podcast available on iTunes and Podbean and right here on YouTube. And that folks oh. is how we set up a shameless plug. <laughs> uh, so continuing with this scene, Ray actually employs a mega trap to, to catch Stay Puff, which he does, at least partially, but then Stay Puff just kind of explodes all over the immediate area. And Walter Peck again shows up and hits them with a bunch of bureaucratic entanglements and says they won't get paid anytime soon. And of course it says to be continued. Yeah, he actually, they shut him down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and and basically say, you know, until you follow the guidelines that we set out, you are not able to uh, do any more ghost busting. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is as annoying in this as he is in the movie. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I think, I think that, and I mean that in a good way. To borrow, <laughs> to borrow from a former co-host of mine, Walter Peck is one of the greatest uh, film, if you, I guess, and for the, I use that in quotes because we're do, dealing with a comic book, but mm-hmm. he originated in a film. So he's one of the uh, of films, one of the greatest pricks in the history of film. <laughs> uh, and uh, you just love to hate that guy. I mean, there's yeah. nothing, there, there, there's no other emotion that you can elicit. Like if somebody out there likes Walter Peck, what is wrong with you? Um, <laughs> is my question. Um, didn't didn't Venkman refer to him as as uh, what was the word? Dickless, I think it was in one of the movies. I think. Oh, I, I do believe so. Yeah. yeah right. So I mean, there you go. Uh, shows you shows what he thinks. I do want to bring up one more thing. Sure. In regards to the story that we, I don't think we mentioned. There was a scene with a, a guy in, a, in a, a ball cap at a pool, playing pool. Yeah, a pool hall, right, right. Pool, that's a thank you, pool hall. I was searching for the, the terminology. You could tell I'm a avid pool player. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's uh, why I'm here, yeah, to help you along. Um, the, uh, he's talking about, you know, how come they get all? Because apparently the, the Ghostbusters would get a, a grant from the government, you know, funding from the government uh, sure. to to do their Ghostbusting work. Mm-hmm. And this guy's saying, "Well, you know, I could, I could. Uh, how come they're the only ones in the game? Somebody else, all it would take is to, to get a hold of that technology and recreate it, and and you could do the same thing and get some of that mm-hmm. money." Yeah. So in this book, they're planting the seeds right. of of that being a thing, and. This character talks about being, you know, applying, I guess, to be a Ghostbusters, a Ghostbuster, and, and not passing the test mm-hmm. or the application process. So the, it's in, it's interesting to note that because there are seeds being planted there. Having read a little further on mm-hmm. in past years, there's seeds being planted there. Well, of course, gonna... we know with comic books, it's a different style of storytelling. 
unless it's a limited series where you know it's definitely going to end. If it's an ongoing series, you've always got to lay the seeds for the next arc. Right. So, And one of the things I think we didn't really touch on in, in regards to uh, the arc is that the Ghostbusters, they look recognizable, of course, but they don't look exactly like their film counterparts. Right. Uh, that means to say, it's not like Alex Ross, an Alex Ross drawing where it's an exact recreation of, you know, Dan Aykroyd, um, Bill Murray, you know, uh, and all the other guys. Uh, but it's close enough that you recognize who they are. Again, that's, I, I would assume, for, you know, monetary reasons, you have, if, to get the exact likeness, you have to fork over some uh, extra cash mm-hmm. to the principals involved. But I think it's a nice hybrid between the movie, the art style, in terms of how they draw the Ghostbusters, is a nice hybrid between the movie, the look of the movies, and the look of the animated series. Yes. And There's I really also, I want to say too, a lot of nice variant covers yes. that you see in this, because again, it was originally released as individual issues. There right. are also homages... And I wish I knew more about this stuff. I'm not a music person. There are homages to some famous uh, music album covers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they are, yeah, yeah. One of which is by the Beatles. I do know that, but I can't oh, remember yeah. the name of it. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I recognize that cover as well. So, yeah, no, overall, um, uh, do you want to do some final thoughts and, and, and rating? Yes, indeed. Also, want to say Janine is drawn very well, too. I like her expressions. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, she's yeah. great. Yeah. She, she's fantastic, and her <laughs> attitude towards uh, Peter, yeah, spot on. <laughs> right, I mean, exactly. if we had a secretary, that's probably the attitude I'd get. Oh, <laughs> uh, where are we I gonna mean, find they, one? They, they'd probably like you and Stephen, but me, they'd probably be like, "This guy doesn't pay anything." It's... <laughs> no, this is a wonderful place to be. She'd probably get upset because she might be on the the, the multiverse wives list. So you know, it does <laughs> problems. Uh, yeah, I'm like you. I, I do want to say that again. It's not. I usually tend to like art that is very realistic or hyper realistic. But for the tone of this type of story, I think the way it was drawn was perfect. It yeah, matched I, what they were trying to do. Exactly. To me, I rate art on how it fits. With, you know, part of my rating when I think about talk about the art is how does it fit with the particular characters and story that's being told. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a perfect match. I mean, would it be cool to see Alex Ross drawing a Ghostbusters comic where where the art looks exactly like the guys from the movie? Of course. But I don't necessarily need that to enjoy. Can you imagine Alex Ross as Slimer? Oh. Mm. <laughs> That'd be something. Yeah, that's a... That's dreamy. <laughs> All right, so final thoughts, and then uh, rate the story out of five and the art out of five. Go ahead, Danny. Oh, uh, yeah, final thoughts. I loved it. You know, I'm going to give the story a four out of five. I'm going to give the art a five out of five. Fantastic. Um, I really love this. I think if you're a fan of this franchise and you haven't given this comic a try, I think you will love it too. Um, it's a love letter two, <laughs> the, the first two movies, mm-hmm. but also blazes its own uh, trail and 
tells its own story at the same time. And that's the best of both worlds. Because I, I, when you're a fan of something, I don't think it's always necessarily fun to just see an exact replication of what you've already seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could have done the, the two-movie story retold the, the, the story over again. But we have that in live action mm-hmm. form. Yeah. Why do we need an exact retelling? You, you know. So I like that, yeah, they referenced it, but they, they, they took that and built upon it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's true to what we're familiar with of Ghostbusters lore, but also brings about interesting new, possi- new possibilities. And I can't wait to continually go down along the track with Donnie and, and find out what those new story avenues are. So I'm going to give the story a four and the art a five. Uh, so, you know, overall it'd be a nine out of 10 for me and same for Donnie if I remember his rankings correctly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, we're going to continue this track and, and go through all these comics uh, over the course of the, the, you know, several episodes, of course. We're also going to, what I thought we could, you know, probably do is alternate. So one episode you'll see us cover a graphic novel the next episode, you'll see us cover an episode or two of the real Ghostbusters animated series, and mm-hmm. so on and so forth, and we'll alternate back and forth. So that's the plan. And then, of course, when we get another trailer for the movie, we'll discuss the trailer, because uh, uh, we're going to get another trailer. It's, mm-hmm. it's a no-brainer. And then, of course, when we see the movie, we will obviously review Ghostbusters Afterlife as well. So lots coming on Hunting Haunts, a Ghostbusters uh podcast but uh, that will bring this episode to a close if you want to continue the ghostbusters conversation or talk about any of the topics we cover on this podcast network you can on social media so donnie if they want to track you down on the socials where can they do that first off thank you very much for watching if you want to track me down you can find me on twitter Let's talk pro wrestling. Let's talk comics. Let's talk collectibles. Let's talk Green Lantern. Indeed. And if you want to talk to me about Slimer, about uh, Green Lantern, Batman, Superman, The Flash, the Marvel Universe, He-Man, The Weather, you know, Cupcakes, which I still haven't gotten from Steven. Um... (laughs) You can do all that at Adam underscore Lee's fan on Twitter. We also have a specific Twitter network for, uh, or Twitter uh, page for the network at mm-hmm. MMNPDC. We also have a Facebook group, which is linked below. Uh, so click it, ask for permission to join, and I will more than happily add you to the conversation then. But until next time, remember that the Ghostbusters are forever from the first bust to the last so long everybody so long everyone something strange in your neighborhood